DDG Unsanctioned, live with Willie Dope and Gift the Great. All right, y'all, here we go. YDG Unsanctioned Podcast. Special edition. Special <laughs> Survivor Series and NXT. <laughs> <laughs> This is the intro. <laughs> That's right, folks. <laughs> Talking about war games. War games. War games. <laughs> Yo, we're gonna get into it, man. But the uh, the pre-show <clears throat> for Takeover War Games. Uh, yeah, one match in the pre-show just to warm the crowd up and everything. Wasn't nothing too crazy. Nothing to really write home about. Isaiah Swerve Scott taking on Angel Garza. Yes. Angel, Angel Garza says, you Angel, know. Angel Garza says, nah, man. To be, man, Angel. Angel Garza, Hector Garza, you already know. Hector Garza from TNA. The Hector infamous, Garza says. The infamous promo from, what is it, like, Victory Road 2004. He won, like, the Battle Royal or something like that. Goes on this long, long soliloquy. <laughs> and the translator only comes back with... Hector Garza says he is very happy to be here in T N A. Garza had to be speaking for like a minute and a half. Yeah, <laughs> like Garza was giving us his life story. So that's why anytime Angel Garza or anybody from that family gets brought up, Angel I, Garza says, "Yeah, I got We got to mention <laughs> that promo. Garza Hector says. Garza was great, by the way. Rest in <clears throat> peace." Yep. But um, yeah, that match, you know, warmed the crowd up and everything. Another big takeaway from the pre-show was uh. Mia Yim, who's supposed to be on uh, Rhea Ripley's team, she got jumped by a mysterious person in the back. We didn't Ooh. see who it was. We didn't see I the fight or anything. Who it could have been. Hmm. But we see uh, Mia getting loaded into an ambulance. The whole team is back there. Dakota Kai is back there. She's basically been like their uh, cheerleader, so to speak, this whole time since she didn't make the team. Which, I mean, yeah, no, it's great storytelling, but you had to see. I, I said this from when. When Mia got put on the team, like Dakota, my my first thought though was that um because this is before Shayna had solidified her team. I'm okay. like Dakota's gonna be the last person on Shayna's right. team. We're gonna get into what happened, but pretty much that was what happened. <laughs> yeah, and I mean you know it was good storytelling, and I mean sometimes predictable can be good. It's just you know it's just a matter of when they're gonna pull the, I guess the climax. And you know I think they did a good job of mm-hmm. uh, you know. They sold it. They sold yeah. it well. They 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 dragging sold it so well. long, and then like the pre-show, it's like, oh no, somebody's injured. What happened? And then it's like Dakota Kai ends up on the team, and now she's happy. It's like, hmm, I wonder if she's really, you know, feeling this move. But she sold it like she was, you know, she was down to go. Yep. She's like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Let me go put my gear on. So let's get into it. Uh, we started off the show with the women's war game match. Team Ripley. Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, and uh, Dakota Kai taking on Team Baszler, Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. I really enjoyed this match. I'm a sucker for like the war games, any like car crash type, you know. Just it's just fun. It's fun. It's entertaining. The way that they did it, like the match started off with Io Shirai. And Candice LeRae. And, you know, they have their history where Candice and EO were best friends or whatever. Like, that's how they try to sell it. Best friends and Candice tried to save her. EO turned on her. That was how EO turned heel and right, everything right. like that. So the two of them are going back. They're having a great match on back and forth. Bianca Bella is the next one in. You know, they got the numbers advantage at this point. 
they're going at it. They're beating her down. Rhea comes in next. And she brings damn near everything underneath the ring into the match. Except for tables. The crowd really, really wanted tables. Yeah, and I didn't would... understand that part of it necessarily. Like, how come she didn't just set up the table from the beginning? I don't know. All that went through my head, and this is breaking kayfabe, was like, well, we didn't practice any table spots, so guess what? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just kind of what it came did off. Did they actually like... have a table spot in no. the match, though? Nope. I'm thinking nope. they did. They did a lot of stuff with chairs. In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, maybe they want to save the tables for the last. Like they don't want to blow the entire load in the first war. That, that's what match. I feel like because and jumping ahead a little bit because whereas there were no tables in this match, there were like every table in yeah. the, men, the men's match. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> but, so I, all right. So from that aspect, I can see why they held off on the table. But I feel like they subbed like a lot of the table spots with like chairs, which looks a lot more brutal to me anyway. But, um, yeah, so Rio, Rio, Rhea brings a whole bunch of shit into the match. Next up from um, Baszler's team, you have Kaylee Ray, who comes down, which I love, great heel work by her, teases pulling out of the table, the crowd is all hype and everything, and she's like, nope, shove that yeah. shit right back underneath the ring. Great heel work by her. I haven't really seen too much of Kaylee Ray. What did you think, like, how, how she looked in the ring to you? Um, she looked fine to me. Uh, I feel like I got to watch this whole, like, match over to really, like, get the real, real breakdown of it. Because when I see, like, a War Games match, and especially, like, a lot of, like, weapons and things like that, it's just, to me, it's just, like, it's plunder, plunder, plunder. Which is good. That's what I came here for. But, you know, this is a lot of, like, just plunder and, and mayhem and... So I couldn't really like, oh, her ring work is good. Her mm. footwork, her movement out there is good. Great you know, movement. I couldn't really give that type of analysis to it. But, yeah, you know, heel work, like you said, her teasing the table, bringing it out, sliding it back underneath the ring. There was um one spot with, uh, they did a crazy looking um, Tower of Doom spot. It was, I'm looking through my notes here, who exactly it was. It was uh, Rhea with uh, Larray and Shirai. Uh, Superplex off the top rope, Tower of Doom, onto a stack of chairs that they had there. Bianca climbs up to the top rope. Mm. 450 off the top rope, onto the stack of chairs, onto, I believe it was uh, Rhea Ripley. Crazy looking spot. Crazy looking spot. Yep. Dakota Kai was next to join the match, and this is where all hell broke loose. Dakota Kai is coming in third. Tegan Knox is still in the cage. Dakota looks like she's walking down the ramp, turns around, and kicks the shit out of yeah. Tegan Knox. Okay, so this was this is where I like woke up because I was like, okay, damn, I knew she was gonna like do some type of turn. I thought she was gonna wait to actually get in the cage and maybe like you know like get in the match and maybe like start going ballistic on her own team. But just the way that they played it off with her attacking the team member that was already in the little holding chamber, right? Thus, completely messing up the numbers for... <laughs> completely. For, yeah. And just the attack on the knee. And it's like, just that story that they have, I guess, like that tag team, you know, oh, they both came back from the same type of injury mm-hmm. and, you know, the knee brace and stuff like that. Like, for her to go after Shorty's knee like that and, like... And it's, like, so much... It's so many layers there. Like, Tegan is somebody who... She debuted in the last May Young Classic. And everybody at the time pretty much had her peg to win the whole thing. Like, she was the favorite to win the entire thing. Got injured in a match with Rhea Ripley. Just fluke injury. 
fucked up her whole, uh, I want to say ACL. So for her to make her comeback, this was like really like in the past couple of weeks, this is really Tegan's first real go in NXT, in the WWE and everything like that. Her and her best friend are coming back at the same time, you know, feel good story. And her friend just completely fucks her knee up. (laughs) I mean, taking the cage over and over again to the point it was like, me and Giff were watching, like, oh, this is crazy. She turned one. And then we, like, hit each other back up, like, yo, she's wowing. Like, <laughs> like okay. Remember the war games where it was, like, the NWO versus the Four Horsemen? And I think it was, like, Kurt Hennig turned on Ric Flair. Like, he was supposed to be in the Horsemen. But then he turned on Ric Flair and the Horsemen. And then, like, at the end, they, like, took Ric Flair's head in the door mm. of the whole, like, of the of the of the cage and mm-hmm. like slammed his head and like that's what it reminded me of oh man like after like the first little hit with the knee it was kind of like okay you know the knee but then she kept going she kept going i was like yeah now this is some brutal shit like it's not even just like you know oh she hit her with the knee and she walked out no she yeah she went crazy so the whole time she's doing this shane is still in the other cage laughing <laughs> her ass I was off gonna say, yeah laughing her ass off thoroughly entertained so it's like not only did you just lose two members of your team? But it's like the members that were coming in last. So it was like Rhea and Candace were already getting beat down. And there's yeah. no help coming for right. them. <laughs> there's no help coming. So Shayna comes in. And of course, like the numbers advantage, they start going to town on Rhea Ripley, going to town on Candace LeRae. Big Spot came with... um. EO climbing the side of the cage and doing a uh, moonsault off the top of the cage onto, uh, I want to say, Bianca Belair and um, Candice LeRae. Crazy looking spot. You're going to see that in the highlights from years and years to come. Yeah, I like... Oh, Giff is going back through the match right now. Just, yo, Bianca Belair, she... She's a beast, bro. I don't see how anybody... Like, you could tell, like, she's just started, but she's nice, man. I don't see how anybody could shit on Bianca Belair. I mean, really, I'm more... Like, if anything, this weekend... And, I mean, I don't want to skip ahead to Survivor Series, but, like, the women of NXT, the crop that they have now really, really impressed me. And not just Rhea Ripley. I know they, like, put the spotlight on her, but, like, everybody... And NXT right at this moment, like the women, like they really, really go hard. And like if they not like the best wrestlers in the world, you have Bianca Belair, who absolutely is a physical specimen. And I feel like Rhea Ripley is the same way. Like, and I will, I will say this just not to cut you off, but just to jump in real quick. Like there was a minute where like people were saying that like yo NXT doesn't really have many women anymore, and I feel like that was because like. You know, we got a couple of months of really just, like, people kind of chasing uh, Shayna. Like, first yeah. it was Bianca. Then it was Candice. Then it was Dakota. Uh, Dakota then it was um 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 EO. And it's like, you didn't really get to see the rest of the roster that they have there. So, I feel like one of the best things to come out of this whole lead-up to Survivor Series, we really got to see the NXT women's division really go. And, like, they're stacked, man. This might be the best women's division in wrestling at this point. I mean, that's something that... That's, like, one of the things they say when it comes to, like, secondary titles and things like that and secondary divisions. It's like, you don't want to just have 
like just people that are like you. You don't want to just feature the title chase. You also want to feature like the depth of the you know entire roster and have like feuds and things like that. And I feel like with Dakota Kai and Kylie Ray, Kaylee Ray, Kaylee Ray. Yeah, the names mess, are very very similar. I always mess up the names, but yeah, like even with something like that, you have a little bit of like a sub story going on there. You have Candice LeRae and Io Shirai, their history like playing off, like playing off their history within the match. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, like. It just adds depth to the roster, whereas, like, like you said, like you could just have like everybody chasing Shane, and that's all they really like spotlight. But at least with this build, it sort of gave them a chance to sort of see what everybody has to offer, and played up to a lot of like underlying storylines and histories and beef and stuff like yep. that throughout the match. I thought this was a really, really good storytelling um, war games, if anything, and even like the way that like. I thought it was bullshit at first that uh, Rhea Ripley's team still ended up winning. Mm. But after thinking about it, it's like, okay, not for nothing, it kind of made sense because everybody was pretty much laid out. Rhea had just laid out the one other person that was, like, up in the match, if you will. Uh, Kaylee Ray, she took a trash can to the face when she was coming off the top rope. The other girls, uh, Candice, Bianca, and EO, they were still passed out from EO's moonsault off the top. Mm. So at this point, it's just Shayna and Rhea. Rhea uh, Shayna locks in her finisher on Rhea, and it looks like, all right, this is it. It's over. Rhea, who had got handcuffed earlier in the match, but just on her arm, didn't get handcuffed to anything else, attached the other handcuff to Shayna, which kind of... Took her by surprise and she released the hold. And like from there, Rhea Gata did a finisher, I believe it's called the Riptide, onto a stack of chairs, got the pin, one, two, three. And I will say this like this whole week, they've made Rhea's gonna be a fucking star, bro. Yeah. She's going to be a star. That's undeniable at this point. I mean, you know, Vince, look at all that big. Beef. You think he does that with the no. women? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just. I love Vince. <laughs> I hate him and I love him at the same time. Next match on the card, you had a triple threat match for the number one contenders. The winner would be facing Adam Cole at Survivor Series, which is a great, great look. Uh, you had Pete Dunne taking on Killian Dane, taking on Damian Priest. This was a good match. I like this match too. A lot of back and forth between the three of them. Great looking power bombs and... Killian Dane flying all over the place. And Pete Dunn doing Pete Dunn things. They really played out the fact that Dunn, you know, like broke uh Killian Dane's fingers a couple of weeks ago with the little finger snap shit that he does. One spot that I love was like like they all went for like a kick at the same time and knocked each other. It was just a fun, fun match. Especially seeing the dynamic between Dunn being the smaller between the two. That's the one thing I'll say about Pete Dunn is that they put him in matches like this with like a Killian Dane and a Damian Priest, and it's like he he wrestles that style. I mean, the Bruiserweight, you know, is the, is the appropriate name. He wrestles that style, and it's like I feel like I don't know, like this guy. He just Dunn Dun looks great against people that you're not thinking he'll look great against. I want to say he reminds me of Benoit can in we, a lot can, of ways. Can, can we say that? Yeah, we could say that on the Unsanctioned, fuck it. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. With that tenacity, that aggression, that whether big or small, I'm going to break you down. Right. Dunn has that in spades. A great match. Uh, Dunn ended up picking up the win. 
My man Ty Dolla Sign. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Damien Priest looks like Ty Dolla Sign to me. <laughs> um, after that you had um Finn Balor's first match back since rejoining NXT, taking on Matt Riddle. I thought this match was okay. It wasn't bad, but it just I was expecting more. Like it's still like I I don't. Okay, I got a hot take. Go ahead. Maybe you don't believe me. Maybe you don't agree with me, rather. I love Finn Balor. He can be a little boring in matches to me. I think he... I think the way he paces himself in the matches, like, it's it's not so much that he's boring, but his matches do have, like, a meticulous sort of, like, pace to them and, like, a build. And it's like, his offense is quick and sudden... And it was like you would expect like his matches to just sort of be structured to be like that, but they're more so like technical, you know, back and forth storytelling type matches. It's just weird dynamic when it comes to him. I think. And it's like like don't take it as between like, his moves and like the structure of the matches that he has. I like Finn Balor, but like it's just his matches like usually for me, I it just leaves me like want wanting more, wanting to see more from him. And I was hoping, like, you know... I mean, we did get 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 a little bit more in this match, but I was hoping, like, him being back at NXT, we would see, like, a kind of, like... I don't know if necessarily a different move set, but just, like... I would like to see, like... Because, like, I was, I was texting you this over the weekend. I feel like... The NXT style is just different enough from the WWE style. Like mm-hmm. one, of, you know what? I'm gonna get into that when we get into the next match because um I can make my point with that. Uh, but Finn Balor beats Matt Riddle with the 1916, a decent match. But like I have my opinions on Finn Balor, but that doesn't take away from the match. It was a good match. Yeah. Riddle was going at him and everything like that. Ended off with the uh, main event for the night. Men's War Games, Team Champa, who at the beginning of the match were down the man. It was just Champa, Tommaso Champa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic taking on the Undisputed Era. Now, I don't know if I, do I want to jump ahead or, you know what, let's just jump ahead. The fourth man ended up being for uh, Tommaso Champa's team, Kevin Owens. And I wanted to jump ahead just to go back to my comments on Finn Balor. One of the things that, like, it really made me, like, why I realized the whole thing of, like, the NXT style being a little bit different. Kevin Owens came into this match doing shit that you haven't seen him do on Raw, SmackDown, the WWE shows, mm-hmm. which was, like, really, really refreshing. It feels like the reins are off. He could kind of be the type of wrestler that he wants to be. He came in with, like, doing, like, a headlock suplex. He teased, oh, my God, the tease of the freaking um, package pile driver, man. Yeah. Like, he's done it before, but, like, this, I, I, I thought for sure he was going to hit it this time. I think it was also the match type, too. I feel like in war games, in the main event, on, the, on this show, it's like you break out the stuff that you normally don't see. Because, like, I mean, I mean, now, I guess the, you've seen the Panama Sunrise before and stuff like that, and we see it a little bit more regular now. But I feel like one of the first times we did see it was, you know, in NXT, was in, involved in a war games match probably, uh, last year, I'm thinking, right? Yeah, or, I believe I believe so. Or the year before. I like, believe so. Now you're seeing it fairly often from Cole. It's like a signature move of his. Mm-hmm. But about a year ago, he, like, would bring it out once in the blue. 
Excuse me. But, like, to go back to what you were saying, though, yeah, man, Kevin Owens, you know, bringing a whole new, I guess, fire. And I honestly, it's sort of what's been missing from him since the draft. I feel like they haven't really done anything with him on Raw that was that significant. Like, he came out and helped the Street Profits that one time. And, like, I don't, I feel like he's almost been absent. So. And it's like Owens got the pop of the night on this TakeOver show, man. I'm not going to lie. I was really hoping Kevin Owens is going to be like a permanent fixture in NXT for a little bit. I was hoping so, too. I was hoping so, too. I mean, you know, we still got time. Maybe time will tell. But it looks like they're going into a a thing with him and Seth Rollins now. So, But um, now to back back up into the match a little bit. The match started off with Tommaso Ciampa and Roderick Strong. Just listen. If you've seen any of the guys in this match wrestle... You know, like, all of them can freaking go, man. All of them can go. The match really started to pick up once Cole came in, which I alluded to earlier. Cole proceeds to put, like, I believe, like, five, six, seven tables into the ring. And for some reason, set one up onto the barricade on the outside, which made no sense to me. Yeah, sometimes I hate when they telegraph spots. Because I think, like, he tried to get in the ring and then somebody, like, speared him or something. like. Some Tommaso pushed him into the table on the outside but it's yeah. just like well why'd you set the table up out there in the yeah. first place it didn't really you know and then, oh here's the other thing about this too it was kind of has this been the first time where it's like if you leave the cage like somehow it's like you lose or something like that but there was some weird rule that once war games start because okay, war games yeah. doesn't start until, until all four in there. the ring and then if you and then, and then if anybody leave like it's basically designed so nobody can run from the match if anybody right. leaves the cage the team is disqualified got it, got it, so got that's it. why they were playing up the whole oh war games didn't start yet because the fourth member of Champa's team didn't come out right so right, technically right. you could leave the ring and come back in because I, I kind of feel like that's why they didn't. I don't know. For some reason in my head, like in the first women's uh, war games match, I was like, okay, that's why they don't have the table on the outside. Or that's why she's not going back outside to get a table or something. But yeah, I was getting the, I was getting the rules confused. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So like Owen comes out, he goes to work. They did the, uh, a cool spot. They did the, uh, the old WrestleMania 14, Shawn Michaels and a uh, stone cold spot with, uh, at, Oh my God. With, um, Adam Cole going for the super kick and, uh, Owens catching it, spinning him around, hitting him with a stunner. That was a weird sell by the way, too. With, with uh, Adam, Adam Cole, Cole taking that stunner. He almost caught him with like, he almost did the, um, who else sold it like that? Scott Hall. Yeah. With the, like the straight bouncing, the bouncing <laughs> out of your boots, <laughs> the bouncing out of your boots. sell. Everybody's in the match. Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, they're going ham. This match was really good, man. Like, I really enjoyed it from start to Dominic end. Dominic Dijakovic with the moonsault from one ring apron, essentially, to the inside of the other ring. That was a pretty dope move. He's a beast. I've been seeing, like, a lot of this weekend because, you know, this is, like, for the most part, a lot the most that people have seen of Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. I didn't realize that they were both in ROH at one point. Yeah. And people have been talking about, like, basically how ROH did jack shit with them while they were there. Um, Dijakovic, no, they did a little bit with Dijakovic. Keith Lee, I feel like I... No, I I remember Keith Lee more from like PWG and that's like, when I started to hear about Keith yeah. Lee from Bolas and Keith, that type I think, of stuff. I think from... No, I don't want to miss Cole. I don't want to say he was he in Evolve. 
feel like he. Might I have. think he was. I think he was. I, I could be getting. That I think wrong. he was. Fans don't kill me, but I definitely remember him in PWG, putting on like those power displays and like hitting moon salts and just going crazy. Yes. Him and the other guy that's in NXT now, the other big guy, um, not not uh, Killian Dane. No, not Killian Dane. He debuted. I, I want to say he debuted a few weeks ago. I'm not sure. He has. He's like the. Damn it! He has black hair. Yeah, he looks like a Russian something. Like he's a big guy. Fuck. Um, not with uh, Forgotten Sons. Not that dude. No, 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 no. He's a big guy. He's just like Keith Lee. He's like built damn near the same. Maybe a little smaller though. Hmm. Fuck. He was on NXT just a few weeks ago. I have no idea who you're talking. We about. sound so unprofessional. <laughs> right Unprepared. Stand by. Talk to people about the match. <laughs> uh, the match was crazy. Um. So, yeah, from there, you know, I guess Kevin Owens comes in. Plunder, plunder, plunder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this match, like, matches like this is, like, I I almost have to, like, watch them a few times to really digest everything that's going on. Um, the biggest spot, though, that everybody's talking about was, like, I guess, like, the Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa. What's the name of the move? I call it, like, the Emerald, not Emerald Fusion. I think, I think the, it is Emerald Fusion. Off the top though. of the fucking cage. That was fucking insane. That and the uh, the Panama Sunrise until the middle. So in so with War Games, they have the two rings. In case you don't know, and in between the two rings, they have like the steel yeah. plate to connect the rings. And Cole hit uh, Owens with Kevin like Owens. the flipping pile driver onto the steel, which was like a. That was another thing I wanted to bring up too. Everybody did a good job. I feel at protecting like everybody in this match too, just to like break kayfabe a little bit. But then you disagree with me a little bit I on the Tommaso spot on with the Cole. cage spot. I well, I guess he protected his head, mm-hmm. but like Lord, you land like that on one side of your body with another guy's body weight coming off of that high. I feel like you're gonna fuck something up—a shoulder, a rotator cuff, or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, like Tommaso Ciampa did a good job of cradling him. I don't know if that impact could have been less. I mean, it's going to hurt regardless. But maybe even if he flat back bumped that. And I mean, we're getting like way into the weeds here of like technical shit. And maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) Maybe not. We're not professionals. But yeah, that to me is like, all right, if he would have like, if Tommaso would have let go of his legs and let him land, you know, flat back with like, you know, the four points, like your heels, your elbows, yeah, like your heels, your elbows, and stuff like that. Your shoulders, your back, all landing at once, taking that impact and sort of like spreading that impact out instead of the way he did land, like on his one side. Yeah, I just looked at that bump like Jesus Christ. I thought he did a good job, but then like after you said that, looking at it, it's like yeah, this guy Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed, okay, dude from Australia. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. He debuted in the um the the breakout tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Big boy, big thick boy. That's yes. what they call him. <laughs> yes. So remember him and Keith Lee tearing it up in, T- in PWG. He's 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 really good yeah. too. He's really really good. Damn, I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the NXT roster now. I'm like, yo, I forgot some of these guys are signed to NXT. Your man DJZ. Yeah. I think he's out with an injury though. Same with Kushida's out. Uh, yeah. Just looking, and I'm looking like, who are some of these people? But yeah. So uh, that was Takeover. Pretty good overall. I enjoyed it. Sorry about that. No, nah, it's all good. I enjoyed it. Um, a lot of momentum for NXT going in. 
the one of the storylines that like I feel like they didn't play up enough. They kind of did in like the like last couple of days leading up to the show was the fact that NXT had a basically a pay per view before Survivor Series, and most of the people that were fighting at Survivor Series were in War Games matches. Then yeah. you would think that like, yo, how are y'all even going to? Compete. I think that I think if they played that up, it would sort of bury the fact that you know the other roster should have been fresh and should have had decisive wins over the NXT guys who were going in there beat up. But which uh, which in a way it helped make NXT look that much stronger. Fan, I'm surprised. Okay, we can talk about Survivor Series because like I'm surprised at this show and I don't know like I've seen like mixed reviews like people have really had like issues with Survivor Series and some of the things and the booking I'll say that I enjoyed the show overall maybe it was because (laughs) on a personal note I was watching this on a nice TV and a fresh new fire stick and you know it's been like forever since I had like a like a nice at home (laughs) pay-per-view sit on the couch watch the big screen by myself like experience Mm mm-hmm but I don't know. Survivor Series to me just hit. Like I love Survivor Series this year. I, I wasn't too. expecting it. I wasn't expecting that. I was one of the people who going into it. I was like, God, I hope this is one of the last times that we get this whole brand supremacy thing. Because what's it really mean? Like I went into it kind of jaded. No, I'm. They they sold me. I will say this. WWE sold me. Like I'm excited to see what they do next year for Survivor Series. If they yeah. continue with the inclusion of NXT, really added life to this whole concept that they mm-hmm. have going because really at the basis of it is like brand supremacy is really all WWE at the end of the day what are we really right. talking about but it kind of like if you really want to go that route it makes more sense for NXT to kind of be desperate to prove itself over because Raw and SmackDown are essentially the same show yeah essentially the same show NXT is like the little brother that's like oh I want to play with you guys and never got you know allowed to you know play you know yeah and I mean actually you know that's great storytelling for it's great storytelling the only thing that I I mean I'm not worried about it I'm fine being a viewer and just watching it play out but the only thing that's like in the back of my mind is sort of like you know um as a company how do you like you know promote NXT over a Raw over a SmackDown. Realistically, the way the shows are set up. You know what I'm saying? Like, SmackDown is the big money show from Fox. Uh, Raw has been the flagship on USA since forever. Now, with, like, NXT, I get you have to establish NXT, but it's like, how much do you sacrifice, you know, the real-life corporate brands, so to speak, of the shows? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, like, from a fan standpoint, just from, like, a corporate, like, okay this is a show that we want to steer fans to to watch, right? Like, now it's like Raw is like, who the fuck wants to watch Raw at the end of the day? Like, it's funny. It's funny because, like, from, like, a company standpoint, every show has, like, is important to them for different reasons. Yeah. SmackDown being important because of the deal with Fox and everything like Mm -hmm. that. Raw, just being Raw, that's the flagship show. Like, Raw has has to stay there. NXT has to be the AEW now. Like, so it's like every show is like important. And I, and I, I kind of feel like, I kind of, kind of feel like, and this is a, what you call a hack theory, that one of the reasons why NXT went over so strong is to put more eyes on them mm-hmm. because they need to be AEW. <laughs> this is one of those things that Jim Cornette was talking about that we totally 
just dismissed. He was like, y'all don't understand that WWE is a machine. And anytime Vince decides to pull the trigger and say, you know what? We're going to put NXT over as that show. <laughs> it's going to happen. And I was just thinking like, oh, you know, they're going to have like Roman Reigns on NXT one week. No, this was actually a great way to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's sort of like, and I and I mean, I don't know how far they're going to go with this. Because I... I'm jaded, you know what I'm saying? As a WWE fan, I'm jaded. Like, last year when I felt like SmackDown needed this type of treatment. Like, SmackDown... Like they did Ra- SmackDown. Like, Raw didn't year. need to go over the go over SmackDown the way it did. If anything, SmackDown was a quality show that probably wasn't getting as strong a rating as, as Raw. Put SmackDown over as a brand to watch, as the dominant brand or whatever, just for the night, just so people could be like, damn, SmackDown, the and thing, want to tune in. The thing that buried SmackDown... And they buried The thing that buried SmackDown the worst for me last year was not even the fact that Raw swept, but the one match that SmackDown won on the pre-show, they didn't count. They didn't acknowledge They it. didn't count. And lo and behold, they acknowledged They it. made sure they count every single pre- I mean, granted, at the end of the pre-show, it was just tied up, so it really yeah. didn't mean anything, but... But, yeah, like, they barely... And I, I, maybe that still has, like, a residual bad taste in my mouth, so I don't really know how far they're going to go with, like, you know, pushing NXT, but... I tell if you, they I, are, it was a good start. I tell you this much: if the dirt sheets are to believe, I'm gonna tell you the one man that got NXT over in Vince's eyes is Keith Lee. They say that Vince is in love with Keith Lee. Man, <laughs> I like Keith Lee. <laughs> you could—that's a Vince guy. Keith Lee's a Vince guy. He is a Vince guy, but he's all right. <laughs> I like Keith Lee. I like no. I don't want to listen. I like Keith Lee for the most part. He's so big and fluffy and friendly looking to me. <laughs> to me, everybody's like, yo, he's he very look- friendly looking for everybody, as big as he is. Everybody is like, yo, he's this big menacing beast and da da da. He always has a smile on his face. I'm like, yo, he looks like he's like big black. Finn Balor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without a beard and no facial hair. He just looks like... He's like night. big, black, face Balor. He looks like the nicest corporate guy. Like You look like you put him in a suit. He's happy to be here. He works in human relations. <laughs> he looks like a really nice guy. Like a really clean cut. Like he doesn't look menacing to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like You know like how they say like... Uh, Oh, if you want to be a heel, you got to grow facial hair and stuff like that. And you got to look like disheveled and all this. Like, Keith Lee doesn't, he doesn't look like that to me. He looks like a really, really nice guy. Sort of like Lashley. Like, Lashley doesn't look menacing to me. No, no. As no much matter as how much Lashley does, guy, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't look, yeah. yeah. I agree, I agree. Um, Just a quick takes that I had before we break down the matches real quick. Um... So, one of my complaints, if you remember a couple of episodes ago, was the fact that we weren't getting, once they announced the Ray versus Brock, I was a little disappointed. Like, as much as, like, I was like, okay, Ray and Brock is going to be fun, I really was excited at the prospect of seeing Brock Lesnar versus The Fiend versus Adam Cole, just because it's like, Adam Cole's going to get murdered in that match. Mm -hmm. So, like, but I do like what they did. Like, after they announced the Brock versus Ray match... They made a SmackDown Championship match, The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan, and I feel like that's the reason why. You know what? Let's put the NXT title match yeah. on the card as well. So instead of the three champs going against each other, they all defended their belts. And, and I think I came on here a few weeks, uh, a few podcasts ago, and said like, you know, I wasn't, 
I wasn't on board with the idea of having the three top guys, you know, battle it out to see who. Because then it's like, then it's who do you put over? Yeah, yeah then it's, it's like, who do you put over? Brock is pretty much unbeatable. The Fiend right now is unbeatable. I don't want to see Adam Cole Adam Cole eat the pin. Adam Cole's already died like three times. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see him eat the pin, though. And at the same time, if you're trying to put over NXT, it's like, I don't necessarily see them putting the NXT title over a Universal Championship no, or no. WWE Championship. Absolutely not. You know what I mean? So it was like, it was one of those things where it was like, I can't see why they didn't want to do that match. And I don't even know if I want to necessarily see the match with the implications involved. Would I want to see those three guys go at it? Absolutely. But with the titles sort of, you know, with them being title holders, it's just sort of like, eh, I don't know. Another thing that, like, I would have liked to have seen, I mean, it didn't hurt the show at all. It didn't hurt the show. But just something that, personally, I thought would have been a little bit fun if they would have did, like, a couple of segments with the uh, 24-7 title with, like, some of, like, the more underused, like, talent on, like, NXT and stuff like that. Like, the, uh... I think, like, Kona Reeves or the dude, um, they, they changed his name. I don't know what his name is now, but the dude that be playing, like, the air guitar and all. Like, more like their silly characters, oh, okay. just to give them something to do. Little right. backstage segments and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, just to get into it real quick. On the pre-show, you had three matches. You had a cross-branded tag team battle royal, which basically they put in every other tag team that didn't really have anything else to do for the match. For the night, excuse me. Uh, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler won that match. Wasn't really anything to write home mm-hmm. about. Um, the NXT Cruiserweight title was defended. Uh, was Leo Rush going against Kalisto from SmackDown and Akira Tosawa from Raw, which was a good match. Just typical Cruiserweight match. Nothing really crazy. Nothing bad about it. It was a fun match. Uh, the tag match I really, really enjoyed. It was the Viking Raiders taking on the New Day, taking on Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Really, really good match. One of the things I've seen that like some people were kind of up in arms about is that like it's basically like Kofi Kingston was never WWE champion. Yeah. Like there's like no mention of it. Which is which, which is- like he basically was champion this year, most yeah. of this year. And had a huge WrestleMania moment, like yeah, it kind of sucks, and I mean, Kofi deserves better. I mean, it kind of sucks, and honestly, it's I don't want to blame all of it on just like WWE management. I feel like they're in a real tough spot with Xavier Woods being out, and what sucks even more is that Xavier Woods, I guess, there's really no timetable on his return. So, having Kofi Kingston involved in like the new day, because obviously that's the act that you want to keep going. He's gonna be involved primarily in tag team matches. And unfortunately, that kind of does overshadow the WWE title reign. You know what I mean? As important as it was, as you know, as remarkable and as uh, history making, I guess, as it was, it sucks that it does have to take a back seat to you know what they have to push right now in terms like that act. Like I don't think it's a WWE thing. I think it's more so it's like they're trying to keep the new day, you know, that act intact. Yeah. More so than anything, because uh, Xavier Woods being out, you know. I will say this too, real quick. It just popped in my head. Like I mentioned about Rhea Ripley um, when we were talking about TakeOver and how they made her look like a star. They really did a good job at this whole bill making Undisputed Era look like a fucking problem. Like, 
As they should. As they should. As they should. You know, you know, so not for nothing. It's like, and it's one of those things. I watch Raw. I watch SmackDown, and I'm like, God, like, one of the things that okay, back in like you know the early SmackDown versus Raw days, like when the when they first did the first 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 did the brand split. And you know, you had the SmackDown six, seven, six. Six, right? Mm-hmm. And they were having great matches on SmackDown, right? It was like that. I tuned in to SmackDown for, you know, those guys primarily. But on the Raw side, it was like, I love Evolution, right? Mm-hmm. Anything else is going on, whatever. I'm here for Evolution, right? And anytime I watch Raw, anytime I watch SmackDown, I'm like, yo, I missed the days where it was like a heel, and then he had his guys behind him backing him up. And I'm like... There's been so many opportunities in my own head. If I'm sitting back armchair booking where it's like, yo, I could see Seth Rollins with like a group of guys, yep. like a Bobby Roode, a Dolph Ziggler, yep. and, you know, take a take a bunch of these guys that, you know, all right, they're in the tag team vision somewhere and they're not really doing much. Have them be like a group and these guys would kick ass. I feel like NXT has that in Undisputed Era. And right now... They're the only, like, faction in WWE, yeah. am I wrong? And it's like, not, like, the sense of, like, oh, it's just Adam Cole and he has some lackeys. Like, no, he has guys with him that they can all go. Yeah, they do the heelish, you know, heelish yeah, shit Adam here Cole's, and there. If Adam Cole's in trouble, they're, you know, they're there. They're going to gonna heal tactics. Right. But, you know, but they all can go when it's time to and go. And that was the thing about Evolution. It was, like, you can't slack on Batista you can't slack on Rick mm-hmm. Flair you can't count out Randy Orton like all these guys in their own right can kick ass when it when it comes time to it they're not just lackeys but if it came down to it they did whatever they had to do to secure the win right you know but yeah uh, back to the tag match Viking Raiders ended up defeating the New Day in Undisputed Era which was a really really good match lots of back and forth lots of great back and forth Viking Ra- the dude um, they changed his name I know the original names uh, Ivar I think the bigger of the Viking Raiders okay I don't know how he moves around the ring sometimes I'm like maybe half his size and I can't do some of the shit that he does I, I already told you if I was a wrestler <laughs> I'm doing the the most to not do anything at all <laughs> Um, I'm all punches and kicks, guys. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, the Survivor Series women's uh, tag elimination match opened up the show. You had a uh, team NXT, which consisted of team NXT, which consisted of Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Tony Storm from NXT UK, and Bianca Belair, taking on Team Raw, featuring Charlotte. Natalia, Oscar, Kyrie Sane, and Sarah Logan for some reason. No shots, but just like how she even get on that team. Um, and Team SmackDown consisting of Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, who looked. She does. She looked. She looked fire. She looked fire. But <laughs> Loki, one of my crushes. WWE. But go ahead. Nikki Cross and Lacey Evans. What did you think of this match? I thought this match was a lot of good and a lot of bad. Like I feel like me and the, you might have the same gripes with the match that came like towards the middle, towards the end. Well, I don't know necessarily the middle towards the end, but it was one of the things that um that was pointed out to, you know, I get well not just to me, but I guess it was like one of the things that people were sort of like wondering about going into the Survivor Series is like, damn, you literally have three five-man teams out there. It's like, how are you going to run through these eliminations, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you got to sort of make little inventive ways to sort of, you know, get the numbers down because it's essentially, it's like, you got to book, like, 
14, like damn near 14 falls, like yeah. 11 to 14 falls. I think the numbers are. So it's like a lot of these people, I mean, the eliminations, I'm pretty, I don't know if that's what you were alluding to as far as like the injuries with just um, like some, yeah, that like that, that was one of the things that stuck out. Getting to me people first. out of the match. Well, I'll say this beyond that, the ugly when it came to the match was just some of the people involved like um shouldn't have been there Sarah Logan Sarah Logan <laughs> and it's like I, I hate to rag on her because I've seen her have great matches before yeah. like in the Mae Young Classic she was amazing she didn't make it far but she had really good matches in there and it's like I don't know if it's because she hasn't really been used much lately but it's just like she just looks sloppy out there sometimes. Yeah, there was like one point where like everybody they do like, they do like, like that that um that high spot I guess they call it where like everybody comes in they do and like hit their, their move, signature move they hit their move and it was like her out. and Dana Brooke and she came in and did I it looked like she was going for like a power slam maybe a belly or to I belly I don't uh, know they just kind of like fell on top of each other yeah. and rolled out of the ring I don't know but Dana Brooke yeah the other one my baby I'm sorry but you know. Uh, she did hit a beautiful looking senton bomb off the top rope though. I might have missed it. She she had a good looking. Danny could hit a senton. If she could do anything, she could hit that senton. And she does a nice little cartwheel. Yeah, but um, the pose. A couple other things, moments. She's all that, entrance looks in the senton. A couple guess. other moments that stuck out for me in the match. Like I love the little face off between Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai. You know the history between them and NXT being a tag team, the Sky Pirates and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they really like. They got a couple of seconds to really go back and forth and show that, you know, Joshi fast paced yeah. style between the two of them. I was gonna say, what was the beef wasn't there like a beef between Asuka and like Eo Sarai like in real life or something like that? It's it's a long story. But I think it's like water under the bridge now. I mean granted okay. I don't think I like to... I don't think her and Asuka did anything in the match. I don't think they did either, but yeah. I was gonna text you, I was like, wait, don't they have beef? Don't two of these I think they're good now, but it was something like back in the past where like they didn't like really like fuck with each other like that. I, I it would be like a whole thing for me to go and look it up, but yeah. you can It's easy to find. Just Google like Oscar Io Shirai beef, and you can find it easily. But um, yeah, I don't think they did much in the match. But speaking of Oscar and beef, one of the things that I did like was you know Charlotte being out there trying to do Charlotte things like I'm the queen, I'm the captain, mm-hmm. listen to me, and my bay Oscar being who she is, like who the fuck are you talking to? Yeah. <laughs> Sasha tried to put Asuka in her place and tell her to get out of the ring and everything. And Asuka was having no parts of it. Green misted her and left the match like, fuck it, I'm out of here. You deal with this shit yourself. I I marked out for that a bit. I didn't like, like we mentioned, the whole... So, EO and Candice apparently got hurt and there was nothing shown on camera. They didn't even explain what happened. I think they tried to say that, like, Charlotte speared one of them on the outside or something like that. But it's like... Why why well, why did y'all need to be helped to the back? And... Charlotte speared, I believe, EO. Mm-hmm. Or was it Candace? I'm not sure. Somebody took a spear from Charlotte. And I it think did it was look, EO. And it did look devastating. Mm-hmm. But not devastating enough to take her out of the match. But then at the same time, I was, I was a little confused. I was like, okay. Are, are they, they still in the match? No, they... not even are they still in the match. But it was like, when everything sort of, when the dust settled and they came back and helped out Rhea Ripley in the end, it's like, Okay, was this really just the strategy, I guess? Like, are they really supposed to... Because that's what... It wasn't clear. Like, it kind of looked like it was strategy, and then it kind of looked like... 
it looked like they were eliminated because like it then it's like if they were still in the match, why were they like distracting the ref and stuff like that? And real quick, another thing I didn't like was the fact that like when Bianca got eliminated and it came down to just one person on each team, that after all the shit that Rhea's been doing leading up to this and the night before and war games and everything like that, Rhea looked like scared to get into the ring with Sasha and then Charlotte. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and it's like, why are you scared now? Like In war games, you were outnumbered yeah. and essentially manned up and, you know. And granted, it wasn't like that. Like, once she got into the ring, she started going. But it's just like, the way they presented Rhea's character, I was taken aback the fact that she looked like a little intimidated to get into yeah. the ring. And it's like, I can only assume they were... Want to make Charlotte look strong, so... Wait, who did it come down to? It came down to Sasha Sasha, Banks. Charlotte, and Rhea Ripley. Okay, maybe Rhea was like, you know, I wasn't expecting Sasha and Charlotte to gang up on me here. Like, I thought it was going to be like all three of us for ourselves. Or You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because it did... In that little moment, it did kind of look like Charlotte and Sasha, if I'm not mistaken, were like... Yeah, but then, you know, Sasha did Sasha Banks things and like, come on, Charlotte, let's get her. And then immediately stabbed Charlotte yeah. in the back. Which I don't know why anybody ever trusts uh, Sasha Banks, but um, it came down to Rhea and um, Sasha Banks, and that's when EO and Candice got back involved, got back um outside, distracted the ref and everything. EO hit a uh, missile drop kick on Sasha, and Rhea hit the rip tie, got the win. It was a good match. It had its flaws here and there, but all, all in all, it was a fun match. It was a fun match. Yes. I agree. Would you say match of the night? AJ Styles, Roderick Strong, Shinsuke Nakamura. U.S. title against the American title against the Intercontinental title, which the new Intercontinental belt. You like it? I like it. I like it. See? I, I like, like it. it. I was I was saying for a while, I've been saying for a while, I'm sort of over the white Intercontinental title, the old school Intercontinental white strap. I, I was sort of over it. But um, beyond that, though, no, I thought it was a good match. Um, Honestly, I wouldn't say match of the night, though, for me at least. I don't know. I really, really enjoyed, like, the the main... Well, no, you know, it's not the main event. The men's uh, Survivor Series uh, elimination match, I felt, to me, was my favorite match of the night and got me the most, you know, like, I popped the most during that match. You know, it. Re- I was really into it. I was really excited for it, whatever, whatever. Uh, but it's not the main event of the night, which is interesting because there's a little news bit coming out of this, but I don't want to skip ahead too far. Mm. But, no, the match was good. AJ, Roderick, and Shinsuke Nakamura was a great match. Now, you had but, texted me at the time, like, what did I think of the finish of this match? And um, Yeah. Like, Roger Strong, Roger, Strong, Roger Strong picked up the win. Yeah, I'll let, give your opinion, and then I'll give my rebuttal to that. Um. Well, watching it, you know, first view, whatever like that, watching it in the moment, I was kind of like, okay, going into this pay-per-view, I want NXT to look strong, right? Mm-hmm. So we had the women's match where, you know, they pulled some shenanigans and sort of eked out the win, right? I was kind of surprised that they won, to be honest, too. What, the women's match? The women's match, yeah. Considering that four of them were all in the War Games match that, last week. Like, it would have made sense for them to lose that, that match. Yeah, that too. But once I saw that they were actually, well... Yeah, the injury angle was weird. It was weird. It was yeah. really, really weird. But I was like, they're not too banged up, but this is still, like, weird. Like, why? I don't know. Yeah, but anyway. I didn't see when they got injured. Yeah. But um, I was like, yeah, I I want to see NXT go over, and if they're going to go over, they're going to go over strong, right? 
but Roderick Strong sort of like pulled out that cheap heel, quick roll up off the other guy's move. No, what happened? AJ hit the phenomenal forearm on Shinsuke. AJ hit the phenomenal forearm on Shinsuke. Roddy ran in and I think, did he either knee him or... Somehow he got AJ out of there and then scored the pin on Shinsuke, right? Yeah, yeah. He, I think he just dumped him out of the ring right. and then picked up the pinfall on Shinsuke. I was like, which is cheap, but then... Like I said, this is kind of what Undisputed Era does. Back to what we were saying like with Evolution and stuff like that. Like While all these guys can go in the ring, they're going to pick up the W by any means. And this right. isn't the first time that Roddy's picked up a win like that. Like now- Back with the three-way with Roddy and Dijakovic and Keith Lee, exactly. Roger Strong pretty right- much picked up the win the exact the same way. That, I thought right back to that, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's how Roddy That's kind of what Roddy one. does. Yeah. Like As much as Roddy, as nice as Roddy is in the Chicken ring, shit. he picks up a win whenever he can pick up Cheap, a win. Cheap, little, cheeky, little freaking heel. Shitty little boots, Roderick Strong. <laughs> Two more notes for this match. I feel like this was the best that Nakamura's looked in a long time. Yeah. Like, you could tell, like, like he was happy to be motivated. in that match yeah. and motivated and everything. And I'm really starting to buy into, though. At first, I was like, why do they have these two together? I'm really starting to buy into Sammy Jimmy being Jimmy. his mouthpiece and everything. Yeah. And um, another thing is... Fuck Kevin Dunn. I just want to say that real quick because I don't know if anybody else picked up on this, but you know whenever Undisputed Era does their intro, it's boom. And if it's Adam Cole, he hits the Adam Cole baby. Yeah. Roddy does the boom when he's out there too when he comes out. They cut the freaking camera off and started playing AJ's music before he could hit the boom. And you could tell the crowd was ready for it. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So that and... And when Adam Cole came out to fight Pete Dunne... They cut it off the boom. They cut, no, they cut off the Bay Bay. They started playing the recap video from um from TakeOver. And it's like... Right. And I that, rem- that Bay Bay is always... If you've been to a show where Adam Cole was wrestling, that is like the pop of the night. Yeah. <laughs> and it came back. <laughs> I do remember that. It came back from that video package. And Adam Cole looked so disgusted. Like, and, what the... dejected, like... like y'all really ran this lame ass (laughs) fucking clip over the no it was the um clip from the night before right yeah it was a clip from the night before but i'm pretty sure he didn't want that to get shown right there you gotta hit that baby man if it adam looked like and if you if you're familiar with adam cole from back in the day he looked like he wanted to tell somebody suck his dick (laughs) like (laughs) um but that was a good match. Um, after that, we had... Oh, we, it was the NXT Championship match. That was a good segue by me. Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete Dunne versus Adam Cole. Both of these guys came into the match beat up as they both had matches the night before. Uh, Dunne had his knee wrapped up. Cole had his ribs and everything wrapped up. Great back and forth match, though. Great back and forth between them. Uh, was this the first time that Cole and Dunne fought in WWE? I feel like they fought before, but... I feel like... I might be getting it confused with Dunn and Roderick Strong. Maybe. I think so. Yeah, because it was um Roddy and um Dunn were trying to get the title off of uh Velveteen Dream. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. they had a couple of matches. You're right, you're right. But um this was a good match. Couple of dope spots. Dunn going for a moonsault at one point, Cole catching him with a super kick mid moonsault. That yeah. always gets a crazy pop. Uh more Panama Sunrises. You know, done doing done things. It was, it, was, it was a real fun match. It was a 
very NXT takeover like match. Yeah. Which is like different for like you can you can tell they had a couple of the guys in the back sweating after them mm-hmm. like the false finishes the uh the 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 power ups I call them <laughs> like the fighting spirit. <laughs> I think shit. Cole hit a Panama Sunrise on like the uh, the apron at one point too. Yeah, like, it was just they were out there really really going for apron it. Apron moves, Jesus, hardest part of the ring. I'm Bill, yo, I'm Bill Watts. If I'm booking, no apron moves. <laughs> Automatic DQ. Yeah, it's like coming <laughs> off the top rope. Nope, I'm not doing it. We go right from that match to the Universal Championship match. The Fiend, Universal Champion, taking on Daniel Bryan. Stop the red freaking lights. I don't get please, it, man. Please, man. Just, I don't get it. It's just not needed. It's really not needed. As crazy as the Fiend character is, it does. we don't need the red lights. I'm sorry. And it hurts my eyes. You know what, what, what I think would be better? This is what they should do. If they want to do some type of set the atmosphere for the Fiend, take the lights out off the crowd. Yeah. Just put a spotlight on the ring. Yeah. That's it. That's what I'm thinking. Just make too. it look like it's just the Fiend and whoever he's fighting. Right. There's nobody else there. Mm. I think that would be better than the red light. Yeah. The red flood light. I don't know. It's just... It's- it's hard to see. It looks like the fucking virtual boy. It's, yeah, yeah. You know what? It's not really hard to necessarily... Well, it is a little bit more difficult it's to just see. Like, but it's just like, it's just too much. Like, it's too much it's jarring. Yeah. It's jarring on the eyes. It's sad. Uh, but, I don't um, like it. This was... wasn't a bad match. I mean, it was really... It was what I expected. Right. It was what I expected. The Fiend doing Fiend things. Daniel Bryan going on a little bit of a run. But by no means at any point in this match did I think that Daniel Bryan was going to win. No. And you know something? Honestly, not that it... Not that it, like, underwhelmed me or anything like that, but I'm almost... I'm actually, the opposite. I'm glad they didn't go the whole Seth Rollins and, uh, you know, like, the Hell in the Cell route where it was, like, everything that Brian, that Daniel Bryan could have possibly... Like, any weapon, any type of sledgehammer or no. plunder or anything to the head just had no effect on The Fiend. Like, I'm glad they kept it, for the most part, tame. This is more in, this is more in line with what they should have did when he fought Seth instead of like completely burying Seth's entire move set. Yeah, it's just like you know Daniel Bryan when he went on a little bit of run with the yes kicks and a couple of knees and stuff like that. Like for a second it looked like okay he's doing some damage, but then got swiftly shut down and right. that was fine. Instead of Daniel hitting twenty five knees and. Um, a, Ten chair shots and all types of extra a mallet, shit. a sledgehammer, yeah. a toy chest, a table. Like you know, they yeah they kept. This it. was a good match. This yeah. was a good match. I have no idea who the hell is ever going to beat the fiend. Brock. No, I don't know. Brock's I really, no, I, yeah, no, I really, I really have no idea either. Braun. Undertaker. If we're if we're going along the lines of so basically Man, the fiend story's Roman. been. Roman will be the one to do it. Because the Fiend's whole thing since, like, this new character and everything has been him attacking people who he's felt, like, have wronged Bray Wyatt in the past. Mm -hmm. So, I feel like he went after Seth because of all of the shit with the S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Wyatt family. So, in that vein, Roman should be the next target. Right. I don't think they give Roman the win, though. I don't think now. I think we're seeing a longer build to Roman Reigns doing something significant at WrestleMania. I feel like, especially after the Survivor Series, uh, the men's Survivor Series match, 
hot. Yeah, they kind of put him back on. And Roman, Roman actually got a decent pop too. It wasn't a lot of Seth got the Roman heat. Roman Seth is the new Roman Reigns. Pretty Seth, much, pretty but, much. But they cleaned it up pretty uh, pretty well by this Monday. Yeah, they morning. did. They did. And we're gonna talk about that on the next show. But um, real quick, hot take. I think Braun Strowman. If there was a, ever a time to put Strowman over and give him the belt and everything like that, him with the history that he has with Bray Wyatt Ooh. and everything like that, and you could kind of even play it off like on top of Braun, Braun just being a beast, the fact that his time in the Wyatt family, he's a little more keen to like Wyatt's psyche and yeah. what he can do to defeat him. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of history they could play off of there, and I, you know what? And it would be believable for Braun to be the more so than anybody else, even with how they're booking him. And, right so, and also kind of like reverse it, like whereas the fiend is going after people he feels has wronged him, I want it to be like Braun hunting down the fiend. And it's like, no, you used to have me subjugated and under your mind control and yes. all this other stuff and yep. now I'm gonna show I don't wanna get into the Braun Strowman voice but you know <laughs> and you, you just play it up it sells then, itself the fiend the monster facing the monster of my men yeah I hope they do it but WWE has disappointed with Braun Strowman in the past I feel like Braun Strowman should, I feel like Braun Strowman hot take could be the Hulk Hogan of this generation if Vince really wanted it to be that way, but he... And I feel like he would have been, not for nothing, if Brock wasn't around. Hmm. If Brock wasn't around, that would be Braun. Damn there. Yeah. That unstoppable force. But, um, but yeah, that was my hot take. Um, then you had the men's, uh, three-way... How do you even call the men's triple threat five man elimination Survivor Series match? There you go. There you go. Team SmackDown: Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Ali, Chad Gable, and King Corbin taking on Team Raw: Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Ricochet, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre taking on Team NXT: Tommaso Ciampa, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, and Walter. Walter. Who was the most over person in the match? So, of course, by WWE standards, that means let's get him out of the match first. Yeah, they gave him the Samoa Joe treatment. They really, really did, and I was so tight when that happened to Joe last year. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you're bringing up bad memories because I remember going into that match. I'm like, Yo, Samoa Joe's about to go do damage. She's about to fuck out of there in like 10 seconds. Walter got a little more in than he Samoa did. Joe, he though. did. He did. Walter had the back and forth between. He, like, kicked the shit out of Drew. Yeah. Him and Braun chopped Braun. Had, had Braun beat down in the corner for a second. Yeah. Beat him down, chopped down the mountain. It's weird because, like, for as much, you know, as much as Keith Lee came away from this match looking like a huge star, they could have done the same thing with Walter. And They just didn't give Walter enough of the opportunities like right. they did with Keith leading up to Survivor Series. But that could have easily been Walter. Mm. Somebody, somebody mentioned, I seen on Reddit, that, like, they wouldn't mind seeing a big horse division in the WWE. When you think about it, they got like a bi- lot of big dudes that like Braun, Keith Lee, if you, Walter. If you think about it in today's landscape in WWE, I feel like like where back in the day it was more so like the cruiserweights or like the oddities, I guess, and like the sideshow. The big men. It's like now cruiserweights sort of dominate the entire roster and the big men are sort of like the rarities. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. I mean, I don't That's know. That's a good if, point. That's I don't know point. if you call it the big Haas division or have a belt for it necessarily, but I think they should be like a 
the super heavyweight tournament or something. I wouldn't mind a tournament like that. Because even, like, think back to, like, a couple of years ago when um Braun and Big Show had that match on Raw. Yeah. And, like, they were do- out there doing, like, cruiserweight moves and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, and they got, like, the biggest pops. Like, <laughs> like honestly, you know what I used to think would sort of be that was the Andre the Giant Memorial Cup. Uh, Memorial Battle Royal. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, Andre was always, like, like back in the day, I guess, like, he was, like, undefeated and, like, mm-hmm. the king of the battle royals. Like, no one can ever eliminate Andre from a battle royal. So, I always felt like that was going to be, like, the thing where it's, like, you get the big guys, like, the biggest guys you could get in a battle royal and have them sort of, like, monster mash it out. <laughs> but, I don't know. It became, like, just, like, a regular battle royal where everybody was involved and... Yeah. Now it like doesn't even mean anything yeah, really anymore. Do they even still do it? They still do it, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But um but yeah. Walter was the first eliminated. Then you had um you had a nice little sp- uh spot with um it was uh Champa, Gable and Ricochet in the ring. Kevin Owens gets the tag. Uh I believe Gable and uh Champa were down. And Kevin Owens is on the top rope. And Kevin Owens was just on TakeOver the last night. So he's looking, he's looking, who do I hit, who do I hit? Yeah. And goes for Gable instead of hitting Champa with the uh, frog splash. So this is kind of like one of the reasons why I was like, we still don't know what Owens is going to end up doing. It kind of feels like Raw kind of solidified it with him and Seth, but I feel like it's still kind of open. Who knows? I'd Mm. rather see Owens back on NXT. I feel like he just has more room to really do what he does unless it really gonna start to push him on raw yeah as like him and seth kind of being those guys like that kind of rock and austin dynamic then okay i'm fine with it but if you're just gonna have owens there and not really do shit with him let him go to nxt yeah i mean i would have felt the same way but then this raw kind of like changed it yeah yeah a little for me even what they did with seth like i'm kind of like I'm back. I'm back on the seth like if they keep continue to do what they did with seth all right i'm all for it right i'm all for it um you had, uh, what you call it? Priest comes in, gets hit with an RKO. He's out of there real, real quick. Riddles in, rolls up um, Orton, gets Orton out of there. And at I this point, that. I did too. Yeah. I did too. But while he's celebrating, Orton hits him with an RKO, Riddles yeah. out of there. Right. So that was kind of like one of the things I didn't like about this match with so much talent in there. You kind of ran through some of these eliminations but really, really it fast. Goes back, it goes back to what I was saying. In the beginning, it's like you, with the women's um, what you call elimination survival series match. It's like you have fifteen people in a match. I guess like eleven to fourteen eliminations possibly, and it's like how do you book that? Especially when like all right, NXT not for nothing notorious for having like long matches and false finishes and all this things. Like it's gonna be really weird to see guys just getting eliminated back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was one of the things that going into it is kind of like, all right, it's going to suck, but I kind of got to accept that, you know, yeah. there's going to be a lot of fast uh, eliminations here. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had um, this I didn't like about it either. Braun got caught with a Claymore kick on the outside mm-hmm. and got eliminated from the match via countout. I feel like a match with like all those people in there, you got to have a little bit of leeway 
with the countouts and everything. I mean, I, I'm guessing that they thought that was probably the safest way to get Braun out of the match instead of him eating mm-hmm. a pinfall from somebody. Now, look, I'm I'm not a, I'm not disagreeing with you, but in the moment of me just watching the match and me getting caught up and excited just watching you texting back and forth, I almost put it out of my mind that, you know, oh, they did a count-out finish. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was kind of like... I was kind of caught up in the match at that point. Gotcha, gotcha. I hear you. I like, hear you. a lot of things, like, a lot of, like, the criticism, like I said, like, I went online later to, like, read, like, some of the reviews and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, shit, people are shitting on this match. Yeah. Like, wow. And it's like, you know, the things that, you know, realistically they have a point, but I guess watching it, I wasn't really thinking about it. I don't know. It's weird. I was in, like, a different headspace. Um, after that, you had... Um... Ricochet eliminates, uh, well, excuse me, Corbin eliminates Ricochet with the end of days. And then w- w- the SmackDown team started to break down at this point with, um, so Ali does a dive to the outside. I forget who, I want to say Seth, but um, whoever he hit on the outside, he ends up catching Corbin too. Yeah. So as Ali's trying to get back in the ring, Corbin grabs him like, hey, what the hell are you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> being Corbin, pretty right. much. Ooh, he had a legitimate gripe. I like, yo, what are you doing? I love this part. Like I said, I was totally caught up in this. People might, people could shit on it. I don't care. So Corbin just asks him, like, what are you doing? Ali's looking at him like, come on, man. Like, the, you know, like the match is going on, whatever. Yeah. Ali slides into the ring, gets caught with a curb stomp. One, two, three, he's out of there. And then they go to Corbin just laughing like, that's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> I have a real, like, listen, people could shit on it. I have a really, and I think a lot of fans do, we have a really love-hate relationship with Baron Corbin. It's just like, he he's a guy with so much potential, and he's a guy that I want to hate at this point. It's just like, you just got to make sure that it comes across right. And I feel like, here it came across great, especially the visual after Ali got eliminated and Corbin saying, "Good serves good." You know what I mean? <laughs> like it was great, and it's like Baron Corbin, you're completely a dick and wrong for that. But he's extremely logical, right? There's everything that and, he says makes sense <laughs> in his self-centered like world. Like it, it's he's justified. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like. It, first of all, is it really his... T- like, he probably has a gripe with the fact that they're not paying attention to him. It's not my team. You know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, fine. He's if a you- king, but he's not the captain of the team. Right. It's like, fine. If you guys want to go ahead and be assholes and not follow me, whatever. They, I'm over just here. real quick, they played that up on SmackDown. I know you said you didn't really catch SmackDown this past week. SmackDown yeah. opened up with... Um, cause you, so, you know, this whole week was... The show's invading other shows right, and everything. Right. SmackDown opens up with, like, the locker room back there. Corbin's there, standing in front of the locker room with uh, Rude and Ziggler, saying, all right, guys, this is what we're going to do tonight. <laughs> the whole locker room's talking over him. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, guys, listen, this is, guys, this is the plan <laughs> for the night. Roman Reigns comes in. All right, fellas, listen. Everybody shuts <laughs> up. <laughs> They want a war. They want to come here. We're not going to back down. We're going to open up the doors. We're going to let them in and we're going to kick their ass. They proceed to like actually open up like the loading dock doors to the video, to the yeah. venue or whatever. And Corbin goes, that is the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. And it's like, yo, he's right. Like, why would you do that? I like that they, I like you just describing that, that they got everybody else sort of involved in that character play with Corbin. Like, nobody was paying them any money. Yeah. You know what? And you know something like, as much as WWE loves to say that they're a universe and stuff like that, I feel like they leave some of their characters on such an island sometimes. 
It's like nobody really plays off of each other and everybody's quirks. You know what I mean? It's like the most you get is like a guy will be backstage and it's like, okay, here's this character that's like, he's great in his own right, right? He's doing his thing that, you know, the crowd could almost get behind him. But when you have him run into another guy, like say like like, like the Singh brothers and Truth and... Um, Eric Rowan. And Eric Rowan, right? Yeah. It's like, all right, granted, the 24-7 gimmick might have ran its course or whatever. But you got these guys that are doing their thing, right? And Eric Rowan, like, he just shit on it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just totally didn't even, like, play into these guys at all. And, I mean, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Eric Rowan is, like, you know, a big, looming, dooming character, whatever like that. Like, he probably shouldn't necessarily care. But it's like, fuck. It's like everybody here. It's there. Right. Everybody here is involved. Like, everybody here is here doing something on the show. Like, it, it would make it mean more if you sort of, like, at least sold it somehow. It was sort of like just... He like he just saw them and was like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" And that's one of my biggest gripes. Real quick, to go on the tangent, real it's quick. Like I don't even know with what you the, guys uh, are doing with the twenty four seven title. Like I felt like it would do wonders if they had somebody a little bit more legit just to hold the title for mm-hmm. a bit. Like if if Rowan would have picked up the win, it would have made so much sense because it's like they ran into his locker room. He hasn't been out there chasing behind it and everything, but it's like this is a champion. He's knocked out. Why wouldn't I pin him? Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like they don't care. Like, you don't got to, like, he doesn't have to, like, sacrifice and be, like, a goof about it. No. Nah. just, like, some, I just feel like sometimes you have guys, you know, like, they they make it too obvious when a guy on a, like, in the higher up is on screen with the guy in, like, the lower card or the mid card. And, like, the guy who's, like, in the main event level, like, just completely doesn't give a it's fuck. It's like they don't exist. The yeah, undercard doesn't like, exist. exactly. And it's like... I don't know. I just want to see. I, I like seeing like the characters be more immersed in the environment, and interact better. Like, people can still it. get squashed and everything like that, but don't make it seem like these smaller guys, like they shouldn't even be here or something like right. that. Like, yeah, I definitely agree. So with I like you that they got everybody sort of involved in that mm-hmm. Baron Corbin and um, Roman Reigns sort of interaction there. If you know, like the way you described it. It was it was hilarious. It was like everybody like Rome like <laughs> nobody was paying Corbin any yeah, mind. <laughs> that sounds great. Nobody like was that. paying Corbin any mind. Um, so uh, after that, uh, where do we leave off with? Uh, oh, so Ali gets eliminated. Roman doesn't like what he's seeing. He goes to town. He tees off on Corbin. Corbin gets eliminated. So now we're down to Roman, Seth, Champa, and um, Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Superman punch onto Champa, curve stop onto Champa. Champa's out of there. Surprised me. Now you're down to Keith Lee. I thought for sure I'm like Champa's gonna be the last man on NXT. Yeah. Keith Lee and all that beef, last man standing for NXT. Yeah. Keith Lee versus Roman versus Seth. Well, all right. So here's the part that I really started getting into it, and I actually really did get behind Keith Lee. And I, like I said, it's not that I don't like Keith Lee. It's just like, for whatever reason, he just doesn't seem like a menacing big guy. Like, he seems like a real nice, jolly giant. And, like, who, if you piss him off, at least this is how I would write this character at this point. Like, he's a gentle giant, but if you piss him off, he'll get into fucking savage mode and start killing people. Yeah. Right, but yeah. you have to really piss him off, or it has to be like you have that. To, like moment. really, really get him there. I, in my mind, 
was almost sort of like, oh yeah, Keith Lee, man up. Yeah, Keith Lee. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, now it's like, like I was really rooting for him in that moment. Not so much like everybody's like, oh shit, Keith Lee is gonna like beast out. I almost looked at Keith Lee as the underdog here, mm-hmm. which is weird. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I don't know if everybody else reads him that way. I don't know if Vince reads him that way. But in my mind, I'm like... As as good as Keith Lee is, you can kind of say he has been an underdog. Especially, mm-hmm. like, even in NXT. Like, think about it. War Games was his first takeover. He's been on the roster for a year. Yeah. That was his first takeover wow. last night. Like, so it's not like Keith, Keith Lee's really getting used now but right. he's been there for a while and he was just having matches with Dominic Dijakovic that's it right you know so like back to the match Seth is trying to go for a uh, curve stomp on Keith Lee Keith Lee catches him in uh, some type of uh, <laughs> fireman uh, inverted slam uh, it's like a fire fireman's carry into a slam type move I don't really know what's called thank you <laughs> And he gets Seth out of there, which gets a huge pop because I don't think anybody thought Seth was going to um, yeah. take the pinfall right there. I, listen, I really like the end of this match, man. I like the fact that Ciampa got eliminated. Mm-hmm. Like, it sort of threw me off, but in a good Because we know who Ciampa is. We yeah. know what Ciampa's about. Right. And like I said, just seeing Keith Lee sort of like, and he was kind of like hurt mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, he was already like selling something. Like, he was kind of down. And then it was like, it came down to him. And it was like, oh, shit. Keith, you got this, Keith? You got this, Keith. Come on, Keith. And it was like, he eliminated Seth, and it was like, oh, shit, I wasn't expecting him to eliminate Seth. And I was it, expecting, if anything, I wouldn't, well, I would. I was expecting him to eat the next pin. Yeah. But I would have expected Roman to eliminate, to Seth. eliminate Seth or Seth to eliminate Roman, mm-hmm. not Keith Lee. That You know what I'm saying? Like, they sort of built the hope yeah. in Keith Lee. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, go ahead, though. And Continue. then it came down to Roman and Keith Lee. And they had a nice little back and forth. I think Keith Lee had to eat, like, two Superman punches. And I think at one point, I think Keith Lee caught him with a spirit bomb, too. But, um... He did. Yeah. He caught Roman with a spirit bomb. Yeah, Roman went for a spear, and it got counted into a spirit bomb. Roman kicked out. Keith went for his moonsault off the top. Didn't hit it. Roman hit him with a spear. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. SmackDown wins the match. Yeah. I love the finish of this. I think it was it did a really good job. It got everybody. Well, it got... Well, Seth is already going to be Seth. Yeah. Right? I feel like, like I, like I alluded to earlier, the ascent of Roman Reigns, they did a really good job of giving him the win, but not giving him, like, the win to where it's like, oh, come on. He was squashing everybody and getting everybody out of there. Super Cena win, you know what I mean? Like, I think, actually, Keith Lee was the only person Roman eliminated in the match. Roman really wasn't in the match that much. And it came down to, like, a nice square off between the two. Obviously, like I said, like you said, this is is Keith Lee's really, like, first... It's coming out party. Pay-per-view, takeover, weekend type of moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, for him to go toe-to-toe with Roman and really put him over, and then just the way that Roman... And he looked good. He looked good in defeat. Right. He looked good in defeat, and Roman's win didn't come as a result of, like, some super power-up, uh, I'm just gonna no-sell your finish or whatever. Like, Keith Lee went for a move, missed. Roman hit his move, got him. Yeah, which made sense. It right. made sense. So, I think this was good all around. I really enjoyed this match. Um, moving on, we had the uh, no DQ WWE Championship match, and see, just 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 right there talking about, I was ready to wrap up this episode, and that's what I meant about the main event versus what I thought was the main event. Yeah, because I literally, 
I literally slept through like a good maybe like the first five minutes of this match, I want to say. <laughs> what, uh, Ray and uh, Brock Lesnar? Oh, no, sorry. Ray and Brock Lesnar was... I thought... Yeah, Ray and Brock Lesnar was after um, the uh, men's Survivor Series match. Oh, okay, I'm flipping it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I know, I, I know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. About. I, I, I meant to shit about. on uh, Shayna Baszler. I meant to and... shit on Shayna. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, real quick, the uh, no DQ match. This really wasn't a long match. It was about, like, six minutes long. Yeah. But um, it was a fun match. It was a fun match. I could have sworn this came before the men's Survivor Series no, match. No, no, no. It was a fun match. Brock was doing Brock things. I got to say... I'm knocking all of your shit now. WWE doesn't catch me often. Yeah. When Dominic came out and hit, they hit the uh, the double six one nine and the double splashes off the top. For a fleeting second, I thought Ray was about to win the championship. Yeah, I no. thought Ray was about to win the championship. Listen, I don't know if I didn't know if I thought he was gonna win the championship, but no, yeah, I guess it was a fleeting moment. Like you said, I guess that is a fleeting moment. Not get, for, yeah. I thought it was a great spot. I thought it, it, was, it like, was really good. I thought it was a great way to use Dominic. It I, was really, and they, they've said that Dominic's been training. Mm-hmm. Grant, I think he needs to like bulk up a little bit because he still just looks like a teenager to me. Yeah, but he looked good. The six one nine he hit looked clean. The splash looked clean. I'm like, yeah. okay, Dominic, show me a little if something. Anything though, it brought me right back to that moment of uh, remember when like I guess like Ray Mysterio was gonna retire and Dominic was like, no, it was my dream to you know, being a match with you or something like that or, like, tag yeah. team with you or whatever. Like, it gave us that moment, which I thought was great. Because I don't know if Rey Mysterio will be around when Dominic is, like, fully ready to be, like, a full Ready for prime time. Right, yeah. you know what I mean? But it gave us this moment, which I thought was super great in the, the main the, event the, against Brock Lesnar getting an offense. And not for nothing, Dominic has just been a trooper throughout this whole thing. He's because Brock's been going to town, and him. Brock Lesnar, not for nothing, has been taking out. He's Dominic's been getting most of the offense. Yeah, I mean, getting most of Brock's offense. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, more so than Ray has. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But um, it was really good. That six one nine, the double six one nine. If you haven't seen it, it, it looked lovely. It perfect, looked beautiful. Perfect. Looked beautiful. Like they've been tagging for years, and who knows? You know, maybe Ray has like the little ring set up in the back and you know was teaching Dominic moves when he was 10 or whatever the case hopefully Dominic won't ever have to have five surgeries in his left knee but um (laughs) (laughs) the main event of the night (laughs) the main event of the night 15 surgeries (laughs) in my left knee Real quick, I was on Reddit last night, and somebody asked a question like, does anybody know what does Ray say to kids when he's coming out making his entrance? So one joke that, like, that was what he said, (laughs) I had five surgeries in my left knee. And then somebody else said that they were actually, like, years ago on SmackDown, Ray actually did it to him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this was just a troll or what I have to think is a troll, but he said that Ray told him, make sure you do something with your life, you little bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> and walked off. Ray didn't say that to the kid. God damn. <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? Ray did not who say knows? that to the kid. Who knows? But um, main event of the night, Bailey versus Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Which, going into this match, I thought this was going to be a great match. Mm. 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 Listen, I fell asleep, low-key. <laughs> not going to lie to you. 
You didn't miss much. I didn't miss much. You didn't miss much. It didn't look like I missed much. The crowd didn't seem like they were totally in it. And listen, all right, I have my theories, but from what I saw, right, again, it goes back to what I say about Becky Lynch. I love Becky Lynch, the character. I really, really, really do. Her in-ring work to me just isn't like the best you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like and i I've, I've read things where i guess like you know they worked more so around like Shayna baszler style i guess which her i guess she's more so like submission based and working over a body part and maybe that works like one-on-one matches on nxt takeovers but maybe not so much for like a three-way encounter at Survivor Series, yeah. which I don't want to take anything away from Shayna Baszler either, because I love Shayna Baszler, and you know Bailey for Bailey too. I like Bailey. You know what I'm saying? I like I like all three of these girls from I, a character standpoint. I just I, I don't know. I, I, Maybe you could speak better to it. No, I just I feel like it's hard enough when you have three people a triple threat match, like mm-hmm. working that balance of you know who works, who who's gonna you know take the rest break while these two work and this and mm. the third, and I feel like just the chemistry wasn't there. Mm. Like they worked hard. Don't get me kudos. They busted their ass, but just for whatever reason, it was just is every everything just seemed a little off. Like even with Bailey, like Bailey tried to go for the spot where she does um the sunset flip over somebody and like kind of power bonds them into the turnbuckle mm-hmm. and she misjudged it and went for the flip and she crashed into the turnbuckle herself uh, so had to do boy. it on Becky and it's like her and Becky have done that spot before so yeah. it's not like it was Shayna with the first time doing it so like just things just seem kind of off and the story going into this was um, as far as like the brand supremacy Raw was already out of the running and if Smackdown would have won this match it would have tied up the night instead mm-hmm. of NXT winning the night so that was the storyline going into it I kept texting you that it just seemed like one I was surprised that this was the main event for one yeah like I feel like this match would have been fine earlier in the night right Um, I feel like the Survivor Series match like you that should have mm-hmm. been the main event but um, because it was the main event and once I saw it was the main event, it was like, it kind of feels like something's going to happen. And what like kind of led me to thinking that more is like, they made a point, like at the beginning of the match, they kept bringing up Ronda Rousey. They and you know, it's always been the these, it's that always promo that they had to sit down between, um, Shayna Baszler and, Be- and um, yeah, Becky Lynch. And there's always been these things about the four women of WWE, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and the four women of, a uh, four horse women of MMA, Ronda, Shayna, uh, I'm I'm a mess up their names. Marissa Shafir and um I'm forgetting the other uh, just just, you, just Jessica Duke. Just how you did Jessica that right Duke. there. Finish your point, but just how you did that right there. Finish your point though. This is like the first night, the first WWE show where it's like Becky, Bailey, Charlotte, all of them are there. Mm-hmm. All of them are healthy. Shane is there. She got her goons with her. Only missing piece was Ronda. Right. Every and 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 the fact that they were bringing up Ronda, it kind of made you think like, damn, is she gonna show up? Is this gonna be like it? Kind of. They mm-hmm. teased it a little bit. Okay, so yes, if Ronda shows up, that's great. But every time people bring up like the four horse women versus these other four horse women, it's like, 
the thing about it is, is that nobody really gives a fuck about the other two girls in the, you know, yeah. Shane Baszler and yeah. Ronda Rousey. Like, I don't even, like, they're on NXT a lot. I don't know their names, and I don't care about them yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's like they never, they can't play that up. I don't think they can necessarily play that up because you literally have to make us care about those other two girls. And right now, to me, they're just nondescript. They're just like the girls that hang out with Shayna Baszler. But they did do a good job of playing up, you know, Shayna Baszler's history with Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler's beef with Becky Lynch. I did think, like you said, going into that main event, something's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? They like something like Shane, like Ronda Rousey's going to be in the crowd or something like that. Or, you know what I'm saying? Ronda Rousey's going to manage to like sneak in. Like, even if she doesn't like fully get involved in the finish of the match or anything like that, I thought there was going to be like some type of looming, yo, Ronda Rousey is, she's here. You know what I mean? Like she's in the crowd or something, but I don't know. They didn't deliver on that. It it just kind of, just kind of ended. And then like, you know, then then you had Shayna Baszler getting the submission victory on Bailey, which didn't really do much for Becky. And there, you know, what I'm saying that feud seems to be like the money feud there. And then Becky puts Shayna through a table after. And even though NXT wins the night, we go off the air with Becky standing tall and the pay per view ending yeah, on it Becky. Was, it was just kind which of also, flat. And then, then which also like going into Raw, Becky wasn't even on Raw last night either. So it was just like, yeah. it's just I don't know. It was just weird. It was just something weird about it. I mean, the whole the whole booking of that to me was flat because it's like, all right. I mean, they were in a spot because it's like, all right, if you want to put NXT over, you know, give them the win. Like, I feel like it would have been cheap if they let SmackDown tie with NXT. Yeah, that would have been a cop-out. Right. That would have been a cop-out. At the same time, it's like you have... Bailey's not going to get the win in that match because Raw getting a win... I mean, even if Raw got the win, it's still sort of like a flat finish as far as like, you know, NXT wins the night... But Raw, like, Raw wins the match, but NXT had more points on the night. Yeah. Like, that still seems kind of awkward. What was my other point? Shit. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's just a weird, it's a weird, uh, perfect storm of just lameness. I think that, (laughs) yeah, I think, I think, I think that match could have easily been fixed, like I said, Mm -hmm. if you just put it on earlier in the night. That too. Put it on earlier in the night and then have the men's match in the night. Yeah. Especially with like all the heat that we know Seth was gonna get and the whole like just it it would have been it would have been a better way to end the night. Even with Roman Reigns winning and everything, it would have been a better way to win the night, you know? But yeah. That was Survivor Series. We that hate was... to sound so down about Survivor Series. But it's just that, that was how the show ended. Yeah, kind of yeah, on a downer. Yeah, it kind of did. It kind of did. Man. <laughs> I really did enjoy Survivor Series up until like that main event. I guess it was like, eh. Eh. They got to run it back at some point. But it's just like for all the... Hi- and I was hyped for that match leading into Survivor Series. Like yeah. The promos between Becky and Shayna, like, that was some of the best promo work like this year, I think. You know? And it's like, you just alluded to, like, Becky Lynch not being on Raw this week. Do you think Becky's going to show up on SmackDown? Not SmackDown, on um, NXT? Because I, 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 then I, I also kind of feel like Becky already got her comeuppance on Shayna Baszler. She attacked her after the match. So what's Becky Lynch? The only thing I could Why think is if she shows up and, like, on some, like, 
you won the match, but you didn't beat me. Okay, like you said, yeah, you would yeah, beat yeah, me. Yeah. That's the only thing. Because that was the defense that a lot of people I've seen were saying, too. And I agree with, with the whole thing. And we're going to talk about um, Raw on the next show. With um, the promo that Seth cut at the beginning of Raw, people were like, well, Becky Lynch isn't out there. And they're like, well, all Becky really has to say in her defense was, I didn't lose my match. I just didn't win it. Mm. You know, which is essentially true. Yo, but Becky, you with Seth Rollins, so you should have been there backing him up. You should have been there talking shit with Seth. Seth was <laughs> Becky would have probably popped Seth in the mouth. <laughs> and you didn't win your match either. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, that was um that was Survivor Series weekend. That was Takeover. Uh I enjoyed it. I think WWE had a really strong week. We're going to like the other shows uh, briefly on the next show and everything like that. Uh, check it out. Make sure you follow us at YDG Unsanctioned. Uh, you can find me at Willie Dope. At Gift the Great. Make sure you follow us. Follow the show. See what's going on. And uh, yeah, to the next one. Peace. <laughs>